Welcome to Grace and Glory, featuring Bible teacher and pastor Rev. P.G. Matthew from Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today's sermon is titled, Making God a Liar. If you have your Bible, please turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. Now here is Rev. P.G. Matthew with today's sermon. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our Heavenly Father. And your Son is our Savior, our Good Shepherd, our Lord. And your Holy Spirit is our sure guide and comforter who dwells in us forever. And Lord, we pray for all those who need help at this hour. And we thank you for your faithfulness. You help all those who hope in you. And Lord, we pray, help us to believe your testimony. May we not question and argue and debate about your revelation. It is a good revelation given to sinful people that they, by this revelation of your Son, be saved forever. So, God, we know for sure that we cannot repent or believe without your help, your assistance. Grant repentance and faith to us that we will believe God's testimony and be saved, that we may hope in God, that we may know the Lord is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Fear not. I am your shield. I am your sure reward. I am your God. I am your Savior. I am not far away. I am present with you. God is with us. God is for us. Who can then be against us? Therefore, O Lord, we this Sabbath day believe in you and rejoice in you. Open our minds and open your scriptures to our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John 5, 9 through 12. Do you make God a liar? John says in 1 John 5 and verse 10 that anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. Do we make God out to be a liar? May this not be true of any one of us. It is true. vast majority of the people of the world do not believe God's testimony. God's witness. They do not believe the gospel that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came into the world to save sinners. They do not believe that God gives eternal life to every sinner who believes in His Son. They do not believe that eternal life can only be found in His Son, Jesus. That Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. They do not believe 
Therefore, they remain under God's wrath and judgment. Noah, you remember, preached this gospel for a long time. And only eight people were saved through the ark from the great flood of God's wrath. The rest of them, all of them, rejected God's testimony, which Noah gave to them. They treated it as a lie. Only three people were saved from when God destroyed by fire Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodomites, including Lot's wife, rejected God's testimony given through Lot and the angels as a lie. Vast majority of the Israelites delivered from Egyptian bondage. I say over 600,000 men perished in the wilderness because they treated the testimony given through Moses as a lie. Only a minority like Joshua and Caleb were saved. Jesus himself acknowledged this truth when he said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Only a few find it. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. First, let me speak to you the reality that we accept man's testimony. Verse 9. Human society could not exist without people believing one another. So John says we receive every day man's testimony and we act on the basis of it. Fallen world continues to exist through God's common grace and because man believes human testimony. How can a girl date a boy unless she believes him? How can a husband live with his wife unless he believes her? How can Justice system exists without people believing the testimony of witnesses. The political life, economic life, and family life will collapse if people do not believe each other. Trust in human testimony is foundational to the continuance of our human society. For example, when United Airlines advertises a sale, $100 for a round trip ticket from Sacramento to New York. People believe it and act accordingly. People believe people daily. Yes, they use their reason to check and see the truthfulness of one's testimony. Personally, I have come to not trust most of our media, our politicians, our Supreme Court, our educators, our prognosticators, our global cooling crowd, our global warming crowd, our population explosion crowd, we are going to starve to death tomorrow crowd. Yet society cannot exist without some belief in the testimony of people with the careful use of our reasoning powers. Even the Bible tells us a matter must be established by the testimony of two 
or three witnesses. Secondly then, God's testimony is greater. If man exists by believing man's testimony, then God's testimony is greater. It is greater in its validity than the testimony of sinful men. It is greater in its authority because it is God's own testimony. God who is infinite personal God. God who is most holy. God as the Bible says who cannot lie. His testimony is greater. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. What he promises, he fulfills. And he created all things out of nothing by his command. And he upholds all things. He upholds you at this moment by his powerful word. By him all things exist. He is also the redeemer of the sinful people. So as creatures, we are to trust him and trust his testimony and obey him always. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and listen to what God is saying beginning with verse 16. Men swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his promise very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We have flood to take hold of the hope offered to us. May be greatly encouraged. There is none greater than God, so he promised, and then he swore by himself, so that we can believe with great confidence in his gospel. Turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you, which is the testimony of God, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So we ought to believe God's testimony. And act upon it in our life more eagerly and readily than human testimony, which we daily believe and accept and order our lives by it. If we believe human testimony, how much more man should trust God's testimony and act accordingly because it is the infallible testimony of God who cannot lie. It is the testimony of God in regard to the salvation of the sinful man. God loves sinners. Therefore, he reveals to sinful man a way to be saved from God's wrath against them. So God's testimony has to do with the way our salvation from the wrath to come be made known. 
This great salvation comes to us through his eternal son, Jesus Christ, who was sent by God into this world to make atonement for our sins by his sacrificial death. So all sinners of the world ought to believe in this infallible testimony of the most holy God. His testimony concerning his son, who is the only savior of the world. This infallible testimony of God the Father comes to sinful men by various ways. First, the Father himself gives witness directly concerning his Son. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 8, verse 18. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. And John 5, verse 37 and verse 38. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. And Matthew 3, verse 17. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased a direct heavenly testimony from God the Father concerning his own Son. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, again, the Father spoke directly. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Believe him. Trust him and be saved. It is the Father's testimony. Well, God also spoke through John the Baptist. Let's turn to John chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that was, that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And verse 15. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Testimony of John the Baptist. And verse 29, he said the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. And verse 32, then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. The Holy Spirit testifies concerning Jesus Christ. And that is also the Father's testimony. Father testifies through the Holy Spirit. First John 5 and verse 6. This is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. The Gnostics denied. That, that Jesus Christ died. 
that God came in human form. They said the spirit or Christ came upon Jesus Christ at his baptism but he left before the crucifixion. Here it says what? This is the one who came by water that is baptism and blood. Christ died for our sins. The Gnostics, the heretics denied in Christ's atonement for our sins. But the Holy Spirit who is truth is testifying. And in John 14 verse 17 we are told Holy Spirit is spirit of truth. And John 15 verse 26 speaks about the testimony of the Holy Spirit. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. But more than that, God testifies to us through Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ, who is God, who is truth, who is sinless, he is the eternal son who took upon himself human nature. And the writer to the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. God has spoken to us in these last days in his son. God is testifying concerning the son through the son. Let's turn to John chapter 3 and verse 32 and 34. He testifies to what he has seen and heard but no one accepts his testimony. Verse 34, for the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the spirit without limit. John chapter 8 and verse 14. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going, but you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. And verse 18 of John 8. I am one who testifies for myself. More than that, God gives us testimony through the miracles Jesus Christ performed. John 5 verse 36. I have testimony weightier than that of John the Baptist. What is the testimony weightier than that of John the Baptist? For the very work that the Father has given me to finish and which I am doing testifies that the Father has sent me. God the Father is heaping up testimony after testimony after testimony. Not just two or three, but more than two or three. Miracles. They're not sport events. Miracles pointed, are symbols pointed to Christ's glory and Christ's divinity. And John the Apostle chooses seven miracles and treats them as signs in Gospel of John. In the first miracle, chapter 2, 1 through 11 of John's Gospel, he changes water into wine. And that's a sign pointing to the truth that Jesus Christ alone is able to bring you joy. Nobody else can bring you joy because the fallen man's face is fallen. He is miserable and wretched. He is gloomy. He is unhappy all his life. Jesus Christ is sent from heaven to bring you joy. And the second miracle, chapter 4, 46 through 54, healing of a nobleman's son. And it tells you Christ has power over sin and sickness. 
And elsewhere we read, Jesus Christ has authority on earth to forgive sins. They said, only God can forgive sin. That's right. And I'm God. If you are intelligent, you make that deduction. And the third miracle, chapter 5, 1 through 18, healing of an impotent man. It is a sign that tells us salvation is by grace alone. Jesus seeks and saves those who are spiritually impotent. And the next miracle, chapter 6, 1 through 14, 5,000 fed. It tells you Jesus alone satisfies our spiritual hunger. He is the bread of life came from heaven. And everyone who comes and feeds on this bread shall live. Next miracle, the fifth one, chapter 6, 16 through 21. Jesus walks on water. That means he is Lord. Of all natural laws. The sixth miracle. He heals the blind man in chapter 9. The devil blinds you. From seeing reality. That God is. That God created the universe. That God is the savior. That Jesus Christ is God. Satan blinds. But Jesus Christ comes to open your blind eyes. That you may see the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. In the gospel. And the seventh miracle is the resurrection of Lazarus from the tomb. What does it tell us? What does this sign point us to? Jesus alone has power over death and hell. He said he is the resurrection and the life. So I say the miracles of Jesus Christ point to Christ's glory, Christ's heavenliness, Christ's divinity. Christ deity, Christ power, Christ authority, Christ infallibility, Christ lordship. Well, we go beyond this. God witnesses to his son through the scriptures. The scripture in its entirety is God testifying concerning his son. John chapter 5. And verse 39, Jesus says, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. And now, these are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Their problem was they didn't believe in Moses. Moses spoke of Jesus Christ. They didn't believe in the scriptures. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 27. Listen to what Jesus says. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, that's the entire Old Testament. He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And Hebrews chapter 1 says, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets in many times and in many ways and now in these last days he spoke to us in his son God is speaking God the father is speaking all the time and it is his testimony either we accept or reject Luke 24 and verse 44 he said to them this is what I told you while I was still with you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets and the writings 
when you open the Bible, you are seeing God's testimony concerning his Savior Son. That you may believe in him and be saved. Because God so loved the world that he gave up his only begotten Son for the purpose that no one perish but have everlasting life. And not only that, the apostles, the eyewitnesses of the words and work of Jesus Christ testify. Turn to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 2. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. The apostles who were there, who saw it, who was chosen and commissioned to do this. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 10. And listen to the chief apostles' words. Beginning with verse 39, Acts 10:39, and following, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead. They are witnessing about Jesus Christ, his person and his work. And on the third day caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And so the apostles go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey whatsoever things have I commanded you. I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the ages. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth, the apostles. When the apostles preach, God the Father is bearing testimony through the apostles to us concerning his Son. He is pointing us to Jesus Christ, that you may trust in him and be saved. But he doesn't want anyone to perish. And not only that, the ministers of the gospel throughout the ages are bearing witness to this gospel. You and I bear witness to this gospel. And when you and I speak the gospel, God is bearing witness to his son through us. That's why it is important that we bear witness. It is God the Father who testifies concerning his Son through all these means. I say his testimony is greater. Everyone ought to believe this infallible testimony of God the Father concerning his son, the only savior of the world. And the question is, what is the content of this testimony? Turn with me to chapter 5 of 1 John. Let me read to you verse 11 and 12. And this is the testimony God has. And what is the testimony? Number one. God has given us eternal life. Number one, God has given us eternal life. Number two, where is this eternal life located? This life is in his son. In fact, he is eternal life. First John, look at first John chapter one, verse two. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you what? The eternal life. Jesus Christ is eternal life. And Jesus Christ gives eternal life. He is life and he makes you alive. He is the life-giving spirit. 
there is salvation found in no other no other but in Jesus Christ this is the exclusivism that the Bible declares all other saviors are false all other religions are work of the devil if eternal life is in Jesus Christ then there is no eternal life in anyone else and smart and wise people will go to him who is eternal life and who can give eternal life then he says he who has the son has eternal life then he says he who does not have the son does not have life now the question is how does one come to possess the son and possess life well the answer is not difficult to find first John chapter 3 and verse 23 we read and this is his command and what is his command come on now what is his command to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ you come to possess the son and possess eternal life by believing in the son Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross no other way to be saved from eternal damnation and so first John chapter 5 verse 1 says everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and verse 5 who is it that overcomes the world only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God and verse 13 I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God eternal life is Jesus Christ and it is in Jesus Christ he who has the Son has life he who does not have the Son does not have life the question is how how can, can I possess him and possess eternal life and the answer is by entrusting yourself to him who is eternal life I say you either accept this testimony of the father which is greater testimony you accept human testimony and regulate your life in accordance with it then you must accept this greater testimony of God the father it has to do with your eternal salvation to be found only in his son believe in him and you'll be saved you can either accept this testimony or reject this testimony but you cannot ignore it those who reject God's infallible testimony makes God a liar this is exactly what the heretics of John's day did they did not believe Jesus was the Christ the Son of God they rejected that God man Jesus was crucified for sinners on the cross these heretics found their own way of salvation apart from the atonement of Christ isn't that true today oh they will create a very kind of religion as long as it is not about Jesus Christ they are comfortable with it they are happy with it everyone who rejects God's testimony about his son in the scriptures make God out to be a liar do you know what they are saying they are saying God the father is a liar Jesus is a liar Holy Spirit is a liar Bible is a lie apostles are liars gospel ministers are liars man is not a sinner God did not create the world the world is eternal man is evolved from matter he is just an animal he has no soul there is no Ten Commandments there is no absolute standard of behavior 
There is no heaven, there is no hell. Man is like animals, death is the end of man. Therefore eat, drink and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. If anyone believes in the testimony of God, he is stupid. Devil is truth, evil is good, good is evil. This is what they say when they reject God's testimony. But God is not a liar. And everyone will find out on the last day. Who is a liar? The devil is the liar. He lies from the beginning. He said to Adam and Eve, they shall not die by eating the forbidden fruit. They shall live through disobedience. They shall gain wisdom. They shall become gods. The devil is the liar. And he is the father of all lies and liars. And St. Paul says, let God be true and every man a liar. Adam and Eve died and all their descendants die. Physically and eternally. And spiritually. So God sent his son to give us eternal life. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. How can I possess eternal life? By possessing the son who is eternal life. How can I possess him? As I said already, by entrusting yourself to him, believing in him. And it is God's commandment. His commandment is that you believe in him. Also in Acts 17 verse 30, St. Paul says, God commands all people everywhere to repent. And 1 John 3 verse 23 says, God commands you to believe in his son Jesus Christ who is eternal life. And I say to you, he gives you faith to believe. He gives you the gift of repentance to repent. And we are told here, he gives you also witness in yourself that you are a child of God. Look at verse 10 of chapter 5 of 1 John. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has testimony in his heart. There is not only external objective testimony, there is internal objective testimony of the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you Romans 8, verse 15 and 16 about this testimony. If you believe in him, you will have this testimony within you. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry. Abba, Father, the Spirit himself witnesses to our spirit that we are God's children. And First John is written that you may have assurance that you are a child of God. And Jesus Christ is coming again in great glory to save and to judge. And let me tell you, Matthew 24, let me read to you what Jesus himself said. Matthew 25, verse 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. He's coming. And when you read John 5, 23, there is a disclosure of the desire of Father's heart. And the desire of Father's heart is that everyone honor his son. If you dishonor my son, you dishonor me. And the same way, if you dishonor God's son, you dishonor God. Serious business. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord. For what? The glory of God the Father. 
So when you believe in him, you are honoring the son and you are honoring the father. And when you refuse to believe in him, you dishonor the son and you dishonor the father. But there is coming a day when you will bow down and confess that he is Lord and go to eternal punishment shall be rise. We receive human testimony. We receive human testimony every day. Of course we use our reasoning powers to sift what is a lie and what is reliable. But I am saying we cannot live without believing human testimony. I was told uh, Mr. Carter was a Christian. Oh boy. I was told his sister was a Christian. Now he's a crook. I was told Nixon was a Christian. And he himself said I was not a crook. But he was a crook. But we have the ability to sift. But we believe in human testimony to live. You believe your wife daily. Your children. Your girlfriend. Your boyfriend. What is the argument here? There is a superior testimony. Infallible testimony. Errorless testimony which has to do with God's Son sent for your salvation. God desires you to be saved and not to be dead. There is heaven and there is hell and there is God. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Think about it. And if God has granted you faith and repentance to believe in Jesus Christ, praise God. Praise God. Nothing to worry. You are given eternal life. Nothing can shake you. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. There is a river that flows in the city of God to refresh you. And God is within the city and the city shall not be shaken. Everything else will be shaken. But the kingdom of God shall not be shaken. Nothing shall shake you. Death itself cannot shake you. Neither death no life shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus nothing disease, heart attack stroke, death nothing 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 in all creation you are in him and he is in you nothing but if you haven't believed this testimony you have all the reasons in the world to be shaken to be afraid you can only trust so much in yourself. I give you God's testimony. And I give you God's eternal son who came down to die in your place that you may live forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help those who never trusted in you to trust now, right now, as you grant them the gift of repentance and faith. That they may be saved forever and be unshakable as they live in this world for your glory. And those of us who have trusted in you, thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony, your testimony concerning your son. Thank you, Lord. It is the word of life and it has given us life. And we shall never perish. We live and we live with you forever and ever and ever. And there is coming a day. There shall be no more death. No more pain. No more tears. 
Your people shall dwell with you forever. Hallelujah. We love you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Eternal Son. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love your testimony, the very word of God, which gives us such comfort and strength and hope. Oh God, increase our desire to listen to your testimony and be comforted by it. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tune in again next week for more Bible teaching from Rev. P.G. Matthew with Grace and Glory.